0: You are now tuned in to Owen's exhibit. Welcome back, listeners. Today's episode is going to be a film review and the story of Ralph Lauren. So the film that we're going to be talking about is called Very Ralph. To give a quick summary of this story, I wrote a little transcription, which is, Ralph Lauren, born Ralph Lipschitz, was the youngest of two Jewish immigrants. He grew up in the Bronx. Around the age of 28, he decided to launch Polo Ralph Lauren. He began by making ties and expanded the brand to include clothing items. Ralph is inspired by the American dream. The clothes that he creates are based on an aspirational lifestyle. How he became a household name is a long story, which we will cover in this episode. The reason that the film is incorporated into this episode is because it gives us uh, chronological details about Ralph's journey and helps inform everything that Ralph went through along the way. So we took everything from that and were able to build on it and speak about it in this episode. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Welcome back, listeners. This is your host, Owen Patterson, and we're here today to discuss all things related to fashion and entrepreneurship. On this week's episode, we're going to be covering a topic about the famed designer Ralph Lauren. And to give this some context, we're going to be talking about the documentary called Very Ralph. And after watching the film, I just kind of wrote down a few questions that really encompass just about everything that was talked about in the film and I have joining me here Michael Zotti and we're going to fire off some questions and talk about this film and everything we garnered from it right so to lead off I'm going to ask the question do you think Ralph was captivated by the American dream because he was the son of
1: immigrants it's a It's a very deep question, but I believe yes, because you know, back, obviously, he's an older man as we speak of it today, and when this documentary started where the setting was, um, a lot of people just wanted to fulfill the american dream they If they were outside of this country, looking at the United States, people just wanted to be a citizen of here. They wanted to live in the United States. They wanted to live how these people were living. Um, So, one way, obviously, how talented Raful was and through his fashion, he wanted to really just, just design in a way that allowed people to, in a way, quote unquote, to live America and dream. But yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that? I know it's like a very interpretive type of question, but like, Let's hear your hear her thoughts on it.
0: Yeah, I have an outsider's perspective because I'm not the son of immigrants, nor have I really been close to somebody who's been the descendants of immigrants. So what I can remember from hearing about immigrant stories and basically hearing about the people who belong to families of immigrants is the fact that it seems like they really have this solid idea of the American dream, or at least it's a lot more prevalent in their lives because their families fled from countries or got away from countries that they didn't see themselves being or wanting to be a part of and build a future in those countries. So it seems like for immigrants, they really have this idea of what America is and what it can be to them. So for somebody who's a resident of the United States and hasn't really grown up thinking about living anywhere else or knowing anything else besides our political stance and our opportunities that we have in this country. It kind of floats over my head, this idea of the American dream. So I think being the son of an immigrant or immigrants, he really was captivated by this American dream. And his parents were always Shedding light on this idea that he had the
1: opportunity to take advantage of this. Right. All right. This is my first question for you all in. Um, why was Ricky or viewers that, that are listening, uh Ralph Lauren's wife, uh, why was she so important to Ralph Lauren's story or his story?
0: Yeah, if I can remember back, I believe they met very young. So I think it was even yeah. in high school. When she was very young
1: too. Yeah. When she was
0: 16. And they would basically hang out all the time, go driving around New York together. That's where they both lived. I think it was probably in the Bronx or Manhattan, not too sure. But basically, they were very close and they were really good friends. And Ralph knew that this was the woman for him. And they went on to get married I think when Ricky was 19 and Ralph was I think 22 or something around that age and why Ricky was so important to the story is because Ralph Lauren or Ricky was Ralph Lauren's muse and she was a lady that Ralph Lauren was creating clothes for so he really idealized what he wanted to see her in and what clothes she should be wearing or what clothes he thought that type of female would want to be wearing. And that's how he designed. And she always really supported his tenacity and his ambition to start his own label. And she was there basically from the beginning. This is a whole long story, but basically Ricky's parents or Ricky's mom and grandma when Ralph Lauren got into making ties, which we'll get to later, they were the ones, basically, Ralph Lauren was working for a tie manufacturer, and he went to the manufacturer and said, hey, can I get a small batch of my own ties made? They made the ties for him, and then he basically private labeled these ties, so he then took these ties, went home, and said, I need to put these labels on them, Ralph Lauren labels on them, and ricky's mom and grandma hand sewed the labels onto the ties so ricky i mean ha- plays a huge role in this story but basically is the muse for ralph Lauren and his women's wear designs definitely do you have anything to add to that
1: when uh you know obviously back then young couples getting married was very popular wasn't very uncommon but um to marry someone that is very that is like trying to find his way pretty much. He's like trying to do what he's very entrepreneurial, like how we like to say it. But um, the amount of trust and like belief she had in him, and obviously look how he look how his business and himself, like how he also turned out, it's really amazing how much strength she had within herself to really be by ralph's side but even the beginning just in the beginning how he started like how his story evolved pretty much yeah
0: and because ralph was so relentless he kept going back to the department store bloomingdale's and wanted them to buy his ties but they basically initially said no like we'll sell them in here but you have to take your label off because we don't want the ralph lauren name on their ties right. but do you remember what enticed bloomingdale's about ralph lauren's ties
1: later so yeah there was a very it's it's very interesting because um the reason why he was so uh, bloomingdale's excuse me was so enticed by it was because ralph's ties were different they weren't general looking ties they uh like we talked about this before oh when they're very they have very unique look they're a lot Wider, typically a fat tie. They're just very wide, extravagant colors, patterns, because that's how Ralph was. He was not a very typical person when it came to fashion. He wanted to create things that were not typical, they were very vibrant and extravagant. And basically, Bloomingdale's, when they looked at his ties, they were like, nothing goes with this. Nothing at all goes with Ralph's ties. But that means People and customers, they had to buy different outfits for these ties. They had to buy whole other suits, shirts, belts, anything. They had to buy other merchandise, basically, to match this tie. And just since the ties were so popular and like people were, have never seen them before, they were very gravitating to look at. People bought other stuff. People bought their suits from Bloomingdale's and they also bought Rucks ties.
0: Yeah, definitely. I have to mention, this took place during the 60s that's when ralph really got introduced or got involved in making fashion that's how he really began this entire journey to become a world-renowned designer and right. basically back then he was working a lot of odd jobs he was working at department stores shoe stores tie manufacturers and he basically set out and said this is what i'm going to do And no one's basically going to stop me. He didn't necessarily say that, but he knew that. He knew in his mind, he said, I have this goal. I don't know where it's going to take me, but I'm going to keep creating, keep designing. And a lot of Ralph's designs were inspired by movies. He basically noticed that nobody was creating the same looks that people had seen in movies, but everybody was so captivated by these looks that people saw in movies. So I even remember... Ralph watched a movie, and the dude, or the actor, (laughs) the dude, he had in a white suit, an entirely white suit, and Ralph comes out and makes this white suit. And Mm -hmm. where I'm going with this is basically Ralph was so inspired by these movies, and he noticed that there was opportunity for him to create because, or opportunity for him to recreate these looks, because people actually wanted these things, and he wanted them for himself. So he was creating what he wanted.
1: Definitely. This is my next question for you from this documentary. Uh, what was the f- first big accomplishment from the Ralph Lauren brand? What do you, what do you remember from that?
0: I think it was definitely becoming a part of Bloomingdale's. Right. Without being a part of Bloomingdale's, they would have struggled to get their name out there, would have struggled mm-hmm. to gain recognition So that played a really big part in them leveraging themselves and gaining credibility. They basically were able to get on the sales floor and people began recognizing the name and were introduced to Ralph Lauren, the designer and his products.
1: Definitely.
0: You have anything to add to that? I think that's
1: the, you know, definitely the first big accomplishment. There's all, a lot of other ones that we will um, possibly talk about in this podcast but definitely like you know being getting the type of exposure he did from Bloomingdale's and eventually evolving his business leaving Bloomingdale's and just kind of like growing his brand definitely huge success for him
0: yeah the next question which is one that I wrote down so you probably don't have an answer for this so I'll go ahead and answer this if okay. you allow me to so the question <laughs> I'm asking is, why was it so important for Ralph to have a team? Especially, if I'm going to say this correctly, it's Buffy Bertelia. Would you say that's correct?
1: Buffy Bertelia. Uh, uh, yeah, that's right. Ber- Ber- Bertelia. Uh, we should know. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Sorry. Watch, watch the documentary. To the I know it's right.
0: Buffy Bertelia. So yeah. this was Ralph Lauren's sidekick. Basically, Ralph talked about how he didn't necessarily have too much skill in illustrating design. So Buffy was the one that really understood what Ralph Lauren wanted or was able to communicate with Ralph Lauren and say, hey, I understand what you want. Let me make this come to life. So because Ralph had this very unique way of designing he needed these other people in order to interpret his designs and make them come to life. That was why he needed his team. Without his team, he wouldn't have been able to illustrate these designs, make these designs because really Ralph had no formal education in designing at all. He came Mm -hmm. straight. I believe maybe he had gone to college, but he basically went on to start this, this brand and had, no idea he didn't know anybody in fashion he didn't know how to create anything any garments or any designs so it was really important for these people to come in and share their expertise
1: and share their capabilities also another big thing was when uh another big part was Ralph starting women's wear right and Ralph Lauren really having a women's wear line and obviously Ralph not being a woman and trying to figure out what women like to wear and what their fashion sense was. It was a little bit difficult for him, but Buffy actually stepped in and, you know, being her, being the woman's director of Ralph Lauren, she put a a lot of help for, you know, for Ralph and creating fashion and clothing and accessories that women would actually wear based from a woman's perspective. So that was also a big aid and probably a big reason why he even decided to go through to women's wear as well.
0: Yeah. He was really focused on men's wear and that's something he was knowledgeable about because he was a man himself and he knew what he wanted to wear, but then he went on to create women's wear and he basically saw his wife and said, Hey, these are the clothes I want to create. These are the clothes that I think you would look good in. And, that's really what began his journey into women's wear. And obviously, like you said, it was important for him to have that team because Ralph created and dressed. Who would have thought that would have happened or did he even think he was capable of doing that? But his team was able to make his vision come to life. Right. The next question that I want to talk about is how did Ralph's creative vision get exercised beyond clothing design? do you remember anything or how did he create beyond creating garments? I'm trying to remember. Do you remember anything?
1: It's a difficult question.
0: Um, Oh, that's right, that's right. I remember I wrote this down. So basically, basically, Ralph liked to customize everything in his life, everything from his cars, Mm. his houses, his houses played a really big role. I mean, I'm talking plural, houses. This person had, Ralph had multiple houses and he loved to decorate the interiors of these and make everything centered around one central design theme. Basically, Ralph was so inspired by Native Americans, by the Western culture, by the origins of America. And Mm -hmm. he really created this aspirational idea of an American dream. So it kind of ties into this idea of the origins of America but also the aspirational American life of this big house, these nice cars, but also incorporating this Western idea of wearing vests and flannels and being out in nature. He had right. a lot of that. Basically, Ralph loved designing every single
1: part of his life. Right, and that that uh, mindset of like the Western Indians and um, like the Western vibe and just like having that America theme was definitely it was like the whole theme of Ralph Lauren in general, like how we created his fashion and you know, designing his homes and cars was only a stepping stone. That's how he legitimately designed his company, which was very interesting, his perspective for that. Um, let me ask the next one to you. I have another one here. Do you think it made sense for Ralph Lauren uh, to create sportswear? I know, like, he began with, like, you know, with suits and ties and, like, kind of went down with a little more very um, chic and, Creative look, but what do you think about sportswear?
0: I think it was an odd jump, an odd leap. Mm. It was definitely not something I could have foreshadowed, right? And I think it had a lot to do with it being a really big business opportunity. He said, Oh, yeah, where he definitely. noticed, Hey, yoga is becoming really big, active sports are becoming really big. Let's hop in. And a lot of the clothes that he created for the sportswear consumer were just clothes with the Ralph Lauren label on it and it really had to do with what people wanted like consumer demand people back then during the 80s this was when yoga and these active work companies were really big so he basically just fed into the demand and created clothes it wasn't necessarily anything super creative not anything that had to do with his central theme of the American dream. It just kind of was a small piece of the Ralph Lauren label, but made up for a lot of Ralph Lauren sales.
1: Right. That's just like the business perspective. I think that when it came down to that decision, I guess, uh, you know, looking at the trends and basically just being like, you know what, it's time to kind of diversify what Ralph Lauren is into something that I know will be successful and, it will, you know, turn into something that people would actually wear because active wear is getting more popular. People are trying to exercise more and we need to exercise wear pretty much.
0: Definitely. Ralph is one of those people that basically creates specifically for his lifestyle. So maybe at that point in time, he was into active wear. Maybe he was working out and wearing active wear garments. So What I want to say is Ralph Lauren was somebody who was embodying the theme and narrative of his brand. He really was the person who his brand was modeled after. He was really the face of the Ralph Lauren label, and everything he created, he tried to create based on his lifestyle. There's not too many other brands with creators who were really like the face of their brands. A lot of designers create with a certain consumer in mind and it's not usually themselves. So Ralph was one of those people that was designing specifically for himself and what he wanted. The question that I wanna go on to ask you, and it's not really an important question, but what intrigued you about the Ralph Lauren store that was opened on 72nd street in New York city in 1986. Do you remember anything specific? I know from my memory that this was a huge monumental piece in the history because they basically got a huge storefront on 72nd street and built it out. And if I can remember, there was multiple different gallery spaces in this store in each specific area of the store was for a certain, I guess, theme. So you had one section that was entirely suits, one section that was entirely Western-themed clothing, one section that was entirely accessories. So there's many different pieces. But basically, this was a really big point because it just showed how big the label had become. Not only were they doing formal wear, they'd gone into everything, shoes, clothes, I mean, maybe even beach towels at this point,
1: right? So it was really it turned big. into it turned into a gallery that that store, like the way you described it, like how um, Ralph Ralph Lauren and you know and his store was able to basically categorize his um, this new store in 72nd Street and basically just show the different looks that was possible with his uh, with his clothing that and the merchandise he had available for customers to wear. So it was very, it was very intriguing. Maybe like, for instance, a customer walks in, he's like, I have no idea what goes to anything, but he has, you know, it's basically this outfit already laid out for him. And there's another category with another like laid out for him as well or her. And basically it was just a really, it was just a showroom. It was like a gallery of Ralph Lauren pretty much.
0: Yeah. I think that store really symbolized how big the brand had gotten. It was their show. It was them showcasing. Oh yeah. We're here. We're here to stay. We Definitely. have, I mean, we need to continue to supply this huge market of our loyal customers. That right. was a really, really big point for them.
1: All right. It's time for your answer question. I've, I've been answering and we both been answering a good bit, but this one's for you. Why is a, why is a rock-worn polo shirt significant to you? Or that was portrayed in the documentary.
0: I'm going to answer this with a quote from Yay. Basically, Ye quoted said, travel from the south side of Chicago to the beaches of Montauk." And Ooh. this quote really doesn't have too much that. to do with the significance. But when you put on that polo shirt, that pink polo shirt with the navy logo of the um holo Holo player player. basically kanye was like i would be on the south side of chicago but when i put on that shirt i felt like i was on montauk that's how it translated and that's how the clothing made you feel ralph Mm -hmm. was able to design and give these really make these really aspirational themed clothing a lot of his designs had to do with this aspirational lifestyle of living this luxurious life.
1: Definitely. That's it's why a, it's I like, follow is so like, significant. Like how you described it, like that quote, it's like Ralph Lauren is giving experience when people put on that shirt. It's just a different... It's like they're giving them a vibe that it's really luxury wherever they might be, wherever they might be putting it on. So definitely it's definitely, it's a really great experience like how people portrayed it and how that they portray that brand
0: yeah this kind of segues into the next question which is how did the hip-hop scene embrace his clothing
1: well based on the documentary they embraced it really well a lot of people were wearing it especially yay we talk about you know kanye he was wearing it all the time we had all these rappers artists influencers back then they love that brand they love the you know, how those shirts made them feel, the colors that they possessed. And and on, honestly, this is not really to the hip hop scene, but it eventually a lot of Ralph Lauren stuff got looted because it was just such a, such in high demand. A lot of people were showing off things that weren't even released yet because they were taking them from the stores. It was just, it was such a movement of Polo and Ralph Lauren that people were just, they wanted it so bad that it eventually ended up happening like that.
0: Yeah this idea of shoplifting Ralph Lauren showed up in both the Fresh Dress documentary and this very rough documentary and if you haven't already listened go back and listen to our Fresh Dress right basically review and that's going to be titled something like streetwear the origins of streetwear so definitely go in and check that out but in this story it was a big point of the story basically the hip hop community living people living in Bronx and very metropolitan areas they were a part of the hip-hop community and they wanted these clothes because it was what these rappers were wearing so right they went and shoplifted lifted these clothes brought them back to their neighborhoods bore them and they felt like they were rappers they felt like they were celebrities they right. wore these clothes and they had these specific feelings and emotions that
1: was brought on by these clothes right and we talk when we talk about exposure like that we you know we talk about the beginning of this podcast how much exposure they got from bloomingdale's but this type of exposure completely different the amount of people that have been impacted by you know rappers artists stuff like that it's going to be completely type of completely different type of takeover when that type of exposure is let loose All right, this is my next question for you, Owen. How was the Ralph Lauren company impacted by going public?
0: This was another really big stepping stone or point in Ralph Lauren's history. Definitely. Basically, in order for the Ralph label to expand, Ralph Lauren label to expand, they needed more money like every brand does when they come to a point where they say, hey, we need an advance. in advance on our credit, we don't have enough money because not because they weren't making money, but because they had to reinvest into scale their brand. So they needed more money Mm -hmm. to open up more stores globally. So they raised when they had their initial public offering, the IPO, they raised $767 million and it really didn't even though Ralph wanted to remain in power of his label they mentioned that he still owned 80% of his label. So he controlled 80%. There was no other majority in his label that was reigning over him and telling him, this is what you can and can't do. So it really helped globalize the label and allow them to expand while also allowing Ralph to remain in power. And that doesn't necessarily happen with too many brands when they go public, but Ralph was able to make this work. Definitely. The question I have for you is how is it that a heavily focused United States brand was able to be successful internationally?
1: Well, you definitely answer one part of that question, you know, when they went public and able to kind of like do a lot more what they could with the money they they got. Um but I think one definitely, uh, I mean, also it was well, first of all the type of exposure they got from the hip hop community, and the hip hop scene. That's a massive uh, thing that influences brand scope global. But the way that um, this documentary portrayed Ralph's tactics in advertisement it was a very, it was a very like unique type of way of doing it he would instead of like laying out different mannequins and having all these types of outfits put together there was a scene where he was just picking general photos of the outdoors nature families being together and he would just put that on a billboard with Roth Lauren on it and people would just be ecstatic they would be like that's such a that's an eye-catching billboard Just the amount of the the variety in advertising that Ralph did for his company definitely influenced being successful internationally. And he would put these billboards also not in the United States, he would put them internationally as well. So the amount of exposure he did for that was amazing. He opened stores across the world and there's still more opening every day. So the amount of success he's had internationally is just incredible.
0: Yeah, he was selling that American dream to Definitely. the global consumer. As soon as they bought a piece of that, they felt like they were a part of it. And adding on to what you were talking about, advertisements, what I can remember from the film was that Ralph Lauren didn't necessarily incorporate models or anybody that was really far-fetched or had these very like, nice appearances, really yeah. physically appealing appearances that weren't, normal in everyday life he basically brought in normal families had them represent the label because Ralph recognized that models weren't really what you were seeing in the streets but You're right he wanted to put these families in and have these feelings of happiness and excitement and that showed through or was shown through his label and his advertisements a lot and yeah. A lot of people are captivated by his advertisements, and he definitely contributed or was the sole person responsible for creating this entire, basically, aura around his brand, this, this captivating and very intrinsic and cool theme. And he definitely pushed that and sold that into to the whole entire world. where this story or where this film goes next is them talking about the 50th anniversary collection which was presented in 2018 in central park at bethidas let me get that right bethidas terrace so basically they went and presented in central park and this was a really big moment and It was the 50th collection. I mean, that's a long time to be in fashion. Definitely. Yeah. Do you remember anything specific about this collection or the presentation?
1: The presentation was really amazing. How they, the run, how the runway was set up was really beautiful. How they brought all those people to watch this collection go. But the process of leading up to it was very, interesting how he wanted everything to be perfect like in a way that he doesn't want anything to change that's what I would really admire about him and what he did with his brand he really never wanted to steer away what he's what he started with day one he wanted to continue creating clothes for 50 years at that point to just create a message that stays with the brand forever so the collection he made I might I don't remember a ton about it, but I know it was he was very influenced by what he's done in the past these 50 years. He went back to older um collections that he's made in the past and using the same material and trying to create the same look, but in a modern esque. So yeah, it was definitely it was definitely a really good experience. But what do you think about the presentation? Because I know it had a lot um going on. Yeah,
0: what I remembered from it was him taking inspiration, like you said, from many of his past collections Mm -hmm. and him really incorporating everything or every idea that his label had really promoted throughout the years. So he basically had all these different identities walking in his show. He had little kids in his show. And then afterwards, it was just like this whole communal thing where everybody got together, congratulated each other. Everybody was super high in emotion and very proud of the legacy that they had created. And Ralph was especially emotional, obviously. I mean 50, oh yeah absolutely 50th anniversary.
1: It was very and, heartwarming that the yeah, end of the ceremony yeah.
0: Yeah that's really where the the film kind of leaves off and one of the quotes that I thought was very touching and very It really encapsulated what Ralph or the mindset that Ralph had left off with towards the end of his career, which was sometimes you have to fulfill your dreams to know what the real dream is about. And what Ralph means by this was he wanted to be this global icon. He wanted to be this really great designer that everybody wanted to wear his clothes, And that's what he wanted initially. He fulfilled those dreams. The brand is worldwide well-known. But what Ralph, what his true dream was, was to be this family man, to be around his family, to live around his loved ones. And that's kind of where he left off. I mean, he was always a really big family man, but once he had accomplished all these things, that's what he'd gone back to. And that's what he spends most of his time doing now just spending time Definitely. with his family so to end this off what surprised you about the Ralph Lauren story
1: do you have anything that really I mean caught your attention? The, I mean I don't think it's very surprising but uh, I would say it's surprising it's it's the mere fact that he never changed his narrative of this brand through 50 years and so forth he had the same exact mission and that was like kind of bring the aesthetic American dream and bringing like things that he loved into fashion and just continuing that and never steering away. And sure there's like sportswear and stuff like that. But if you really look at like traditional, just typical Ralph Lauren, it's really stay the same for such a long time and i it's really surprising how we did that but i want to know what you and that's kind of like a pretty vague answer but do you have anything that surprised about rafael story at all
0: uh one thing they didn't mention or i guess answering the question was how he got involved in fashion like mm-hmm. not even having too much influence from other people or not too many people around him saying like hey this is maybe something you should look into. He just kind of went for it and was able to create a name for himself. But Definitely. one thing they didn't mention when, in the story, which I just want to know, was him or the introduction of the polo bear. I think that's a really big... Oh, yeah.
1: I wanted to know that too, yeah.
0: Yeah, the... the What is it? It being a really big icon for the label. Oh, a really yeah. A big symbol or, yeah, icon. So basically... What I had read was the polo bear or the bear, like a teddy bear, was gifted to Ralph Lauren, I think, later on in life when he was probably in his 40s or 50s later on. But basically, that went on to be a staple in his collections. And it really didn't even say why when I read it. But basically, he got it as a gift. And ever since then, he collaborated with a really well-known teddy bear manufacturer to make teddy bears for his label and then it just started showing up on a whole bunch of different garments and that's definitely one of the things that comes to mind when I think of the Ralph Lauren label and just something that I wanted to add on to this episode definitely
1: any closing Very remarks much. um no Ralph Lauren was amazing he's I mean it's not yeah. really my taste but like this looking at this documentary, And like, if you're listening right now and you think, oh, Ralph Lauren's never like been a brand that I'm like, you know, that I've like, like really want to wear, like I've been motivated to wear and like have that sort of style. This is not only to Ralph Lauren, but to every brand. They, each of them have a story, right? Each of them have like a process of like where they came from, basically what inspired them to basically start this brand and what it took to take it to the level it was today.
0: Most like all
1: he, all he wanted to do was make clothing and to allow people to have a narrative that, you know, the American dream and all that other stuff and to really feel it when, he, when they wear those types of clothing. So I think he really succeeded at that.
0: Great. Well, thanks for joining me on this episode. Absolutely. And thank you all for listening. And if you're not already, go follow the Instagram at owens.exhibit. And I appreciate you all for the support. And I just want to say, when I get continued support, it allows me to grow the podcast and reach out to other guests that will come on the podcast and see the kind of prevalence of the podcast. So I really appreciate that support. And thanks for listening. This is Owen signing off.